and welcome back to the Donate Podcast. Um, this second episode of season three is a special one to us. Um, we got to talk with Lauren Burdett, who is the senior operations manager at our sister company, We Do Charity Auctions. Lauren, aka the British one, comes with seven years of nonprofit event experience on three continents. Lauren is originally from the UK, but is now rocking Allentown, Pennsylvania. She has a clear passion for the fundraising industry and hopes her ever-growing knowledge can help guide WeDo's organizations to their fundraising goals. Um, so she works at the company we partner so close with, our sister company, WeDo. I have had the pleasure to get to know her over the last six months or so, and holy cow, she is amazing. Uh, if you're out there and are listening and know her, you will, you love her. Uh, she is just so personable, so great, and is so good at the job that she does. Um, and nonprofits are truly lucky to have her as a guide for their events. Um, so without further ado, we'll get right to the conversation. But as always, thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe wherever you're listening so that you don't miss an episode. Happy listening. All right. Hi, everybody, and welcome to uh, the Donate podcast. We are so excited to have someone really close to us on this week. Um, we have Lauren Burdett. She works for We Do Charity Actions. She's, she's the senior operations manager there, uh, and she's been working there since August, September, something like that, of 2020. Uh, and even from the first month, I know we loved her, so so excited that she's on that team um, and happy that we get to work with her a lot. Uh, but she has been in the event space for eight plus years, I think mm -hmm. I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, she knows a lot about, and not just events, but nonprofit event space. Um, so working with nonprofit technology and helping nonprofits run their events. So she's super knowledgeable, especially when it comes to that. Uh, and we're just really excited to have her expertise on here and that you guys get to kind of share some of that knowledge too. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was a very pleasant intro. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and then you, of course, you probably already tell she has event space or uh, event experience in multiple countries, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. And so we get a we get, a, uh, we get that variety there. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, you have, as always, myself, Courtney Lewis, and Steve Roseman um, hosting. Yep. So. Uh, so yeah, everybody welcome. Um, so the first thing I would just like you to do is tell us a little bit more about your journey, I guess, here to WeDo and, and your experience in nonprofit events. Yeah, of course. Um, it was one, really the start, I was sort of, I don't want to say thrown into it, but it wasn't necessarily something I was looking for. So I was so, I suppose I was guided into it. Um, I was working in, um, in Kuwait in weddings, actually. So I was still working in events, but I was working in Arab weddings industry and conferences and exhibitions over there. And as I came back looking for a job, I was looking for event planning. And I remember saying, uh, looking at the write-up, the, so the job description, and it was like, you need to be tech savvy. And I was like, oh no. Oh no, I can't possibly apply for that. No, the recruiter rang me and he was like, no, can you use an iPad? 
like little did I know at the time how that would actually mean for the next eight years following because yes I can now definitely use an iPad efficiently whilst on site and then I suppose it all began there so I've learned a lot more about the nonprofit industry and software in doing what we're doing so even though I started as an event planner we've escalated so far beyond that now and I'm obviously so pleased that 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 happened it's taken me in direction that I never thought I would end up going like if you'd have asked me eight years ago oh, what do you want to do with your life I like, never would have said this I'm so pleased yeah that that it's turned out the way it has yeah. I was actually you know, just was- asked the other day why nonprofit. I forget who I was asked and I had to think back of like how did I get into this and it was very accidental I Yep, just happened upon this industry. And I feel like that's the story for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Well, even with uh, Lauren coming on board, I remember, uh, I think you'd emailed or, you know, we had a conversation and it wasn't until like 30 minutes in that I, because we had, a, and we still do, a job offering out there in the Indeed world, how it's out there. I don't know how I get it down. I don't know. And so I thought she was reaching out about a development position from this Indeed thing. And I was like, oh, she sounds great. So let's have this conversation. We'll come to find out she, she found us. It wasn't from that. We just had a great first conversation, stayed in contact for, uh, it was probably a couple months. And it was just kind of a perfect fit with her skill sets. And, you know, the fun thing is I'm going to go out on a limb because we haven't even talked about this before, but. I, your skill sets have dramatically increased and in even like the six months and not even six months you've been with us. So, you know, it, it's been fun to watch and, uh, you know, I, I uh, am I correct in that? Cause there, you're doing a lot of things that you did not have on your resume prior to. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of things. I probably didn't even want to be putting on my resume. <laughs> out there but like nothing wrong with a bit of being thrown in at the deep end and I have learned so much you're right just by going across different areas and again that just takes us back to what I said before a a light push in a different direction you can learn so much about yourself and and what you were doing and yeah now I'm proud to say I have all those things on my resume and other things that I actually enjoy um I've come to visit family this weekend and I think I'm almost boring them with the things I find particularly exciting because this is what I'm working on at the moment. I'm like, okay, I think we've heard enough now. But yeah, I do everything. Um, It's inspiring what we're doing. It always is this industry and there's so much more that we can be doing. And you learn, I'm speaking to so many different nonprofits. And one of the questions that I was asked just last night actually, was like, are your, is your target audience competitors? Because we're having a bit of a marketing conversation. And I was like, well, no, not really. You know, just cause they're all the same. They're all a nonprofit. They've got completely different target markets. So again, it's so interesting in like this web the, that's formed in the marketing side and who I'm dealing with and what I'm able to learn from each individual with every event that I work and every person that I come into contact with. So there's a real web being spun right now. Yeah, my resume is gonna be huge. Give me another 12 months. Yeah, and I think like going back to your point of competitors, one thing I've loved about the industry too, of being in it is 
it's really a community like that. I mean, sometimes there's a little bit of maybe jealousy or something like that of a nonprofit that's getting, especially in the same cause, um, getting more money. But at the same time, like we say it all the time, givers give. So there's so much money out there to be doing good with. And so I, I love to see the community aspect of it and like nonprofits realizing that they can't do it all. So like joining forces with other organizations to just make a bigger impact. And I love that. Yep, absolutely. Well, I know that um, what I'd love to, and I know Courtney's got some questions um, I'm going to throw a, a little curveball in her lineup of questions, but because you are, and I know you talk to nonprofits all around the country, different sizes, um, definitely different revenue uh, streams. Mm-hmm. What are some of the, the trends you're seeing right now? I mean, you came in and at least with we do, but I know you were doing it before and seeing some of the things that happened with COVID. But now that I don't want to say, cause we're not going back to normal ever. I know people are like, oh, things are starting to get normal again. Normal is relative. And so what are you starting to see in your conversations that you're having in terms of mindsets of the nonprofit world right now? Hmm. Regarding events, obviously. And I know you have some conversations outside of that, but when it comes to events and fundraising. Yeah, I actually end up having a lot of conversations outside of that because there's so much going on and there's so much unknown so at the moment like you said what is this new normal and people are trying to now plan for every aspect you know are we going to be on site how many people are going to be on site are we doing virtual how do we get that out to people how do we then market that um so yeah I suppose it's more of that the hybrid feel so people wanting to plan for everything I don't really think I've spoken to anybody that's completely channeled in in one direction and then people are now realizing that they can widen their market in doing it as a, as a hybrid. They can reach out further. So then they're trying to expand their marketing. So we're having lots of conversations between us all where we're all essentially learning together. And if, like you said, the word community, if we can all pull together and not see each other as competitors and then push forward. So yeah, the, there's a lot of, is there a camaraderie going on? Would that be the right way to say like, pull together, move forward. Is that a very British thing? Maybe. No, that's, that's an English word too, or American word. <laughs> no, but that makes sense. I mean, it, and I like hearing that because it reminds me that, you know, I think of traditional business, right? I mean, a traditional business usually tries to create a strategy of what is, what's the perfect scenario and what's the worst case scenario. And so let's plan for that. And so now it sounds like they are because at the beginning, when I was having conversations, people would drag it out. We don't know if we can. So we're waiting. We don't know if we can. So we're waiting. And say, so we'll make a decision and do something else then because waiting isn't going to help anybody. And it comes down to their mission. So that's awesome that, you know, they're planning for all scenarios and then they just pull the trigger on the one that they uh, want to execute upon. Yeah. That's great. That's what we're getting. Um, and we're seeing, I'm seeing some really good jobs done as well. You know, considering it was this unknown mm-hmm. and we've all thought at the start, like it came from this seed of an idea um, and what they've managed to turn it into. 
and I'm always being asked for different examples and things like that and I always ask them do you mind if I share like you did a fantastic job at this do you mind if I show someone else can I send them your virtual recording can I show them your landing page can I tell them how you ran that appeal moment um, in, a, in a virtual setting and yeah there's there's a lot of praise going backwards and forwards be, between them as well because they're so grateful because we do need this advice we need to pull together in in that aspect there's a lot that goes into the fundraising more so than just the platform we're lucky we have a very flexible user-friendly platform that they can then do all these things with so it's constantly coming up with new ideas of oh yes you could run it this way oh you could do that with your appeal moment these these items could have different categories and close at different times to keep them engaged open a week earlier there's lots of different things because it isn't just about the tech that evolves the whole event and they end up extending there it's not just a one night thing anymore you know so there's a lot more that then goes into it and I think what people are learning is when you do use a technology platform once you're set up it can run itself yeah it's actually far easier to be able to do well, and I know you even mentioned what uh, Acacia, didn't they do like two and a half times what their goal was? And, you know, seeing things like that, which means too, not only are they doing a great job and getting better, but it also just hearing support again, financially, and people are starting to open up their pocketbooks and, uh, you know, get back in the game, if you will. So that's good to see too. Yeah, for sure. I've always said, I know the past year or so has been hard, but at least it has forced people to be creative and realize that they can do a lot more with less, like that there might be, and like you said, with marketing, getting their reach widened, like that might just always be a thing now, because why not? The technology exists, it's easy to include it in, and more people get to hear about your cause. So I just seeing the good and (laughs) what's happened in the past year. Um, I think it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's funny you say that. It's actually been a complete transition. I used to get off asked often about more exclusivity. We don't want people bidding from outside of the room. Is it password protected? How can we make sure only ticket holders are being able to bid on our items? And now it's like, how early can we open it? How how many people can we have in there? Is it unlimited bidders and items? yes can we use it can we use it for donations oh yeah absolutely like keep putting it out there keep it going so yeah real yeah really really cool yeah I like that a lot um so obviously we're probably going to stay on the topic of nonprofits this whole time but what is your favorite part of working with nonprofits it's learning about what good is happening out there so there's a lot that's going on in the world all the time and then you hear of a story it doesn't necessarily have to be a sad story let's call it a success story Mm -hmm. and you think wow how am I so close to all these good things that are actually happening around us as well and then you meet some like inspiring thing passionate people about what they're doing they're pretty much dedicated their lives to these things and I'm just full of admiration for the clients that we work with yeah that's really yeah that's really well put I like that a lot would you say then that that's also your most rewarding thing about working with them is just being able to see the good that's happening do you have anything else? yeah 
Yeah, and again, it, it's inspiring. It gives you hope. You know, it's, it's nice. And learning the different, um, I don't know how to phrase it. I'll give you an example. So one of my events, this is actually back in England, which it wasn't the biggest event I've ever been to. They didn't raise the most money that I've ever been to, but I learned so much from it that I don't know if I ever would have come across before. So basically they were called the Brody Higgs Foundation. And again, like, I'll never forget the name. This must've been seven years ago now. And they were raising money for, it was if you'd had, um, if a child had passed and they wanted to raise a million to build um, a house secluded so the family could go and be together and mourn away, almost out of society, just to be together. So they wanted, I think it was maybe a, a, a guess on a five bedroom house. So everyone could go, but then they could just be the parents there or they could take their children with them or grandparents just so they could grieve. Hey, wonderful idea. When we got there, they were handed out um, donor cards or like to sign up to be an organ donor. And I was like, okay, this is strange. I don't know how this necessarily relates to that but what they were also trying to promote is when Brody died he choked on a toy at two years old mm. extremely sad story but because he choked there was, there was no illness within him there was nothing wrong with with his organs so because they had donated their baby's organs they had saved six other babies of the same age so they were encouraging everybody there to sign up to be um, an organ donor I know that's um, that's a very difficult area and everybody has their own opinions on it. And whether you did or you didn't, there was no hard push, but it was there as a suggested organ donor registration. And I just thought that was a wonderful thing. So we're not just asking you to, to donate financially, mm-hmm. like, but be, be aware of this cause and look what good we were able to do. And then second, we're raising money for, for this house. I, I thought it was wonderful. I never would have learned anything about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I love that at all. Um, so speaking of events, and I know you just gave some really inspiring ideas. And I honestly what I can't when I get out of that too is you don't have always have to have at your events this like set normal schedule of happy hour, dinner, presentation, ask. Like you can pull in some of these elements that are going to be unique to your cause and your, and your organization. Like there has been, I've, I've heard of some, um, I think it was like, well, no, I don't know if you guys have been to this event here. It's, it talks about like slavery and it's with um, Connor Prairie, but like slavery in the past and it's an experiential thing. So they put you through the actual thing. So we did it as a staff when I worked in an anti-trafficking organization and it was so cool. Now it wasn't an event. It's like something they have ongoing, but just being able to pull some of those experiences in because anything like that is going to tug on the heart, right? Like that, that's it. I hate to like put money to it, but if anything is going to get a checkbook out, it's that heart pool. And, and also you always remember it and you're still talking about it seven years later and getting advocates for it because the, you, know, you have all these great memories from it. Anyway, so still pulling in events, what, in your opinion, what do you think is the most important thing for nonprofits to consider when they are planning their event? 
think it's exactly what we just said. It's the donor engagement, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's making sure you keep the, the ongoing interaction, not just throughout the night of the event, but then after that, it's not just, hey, we've got this one fundraiser. I, oh, I'm not going to talk to you again for the rest of the year until we have our next annual. So it's a case of ongoing and then also throughout the night. It's also your different target audience. They really, we don't want to have a specific target audience. We want everybody to be appealed to this cause. Why not? Every age, mm-hmm. you know, from every background. So you know, trying to incorporate that into maybe now what would be one hour of virtual and it's a lot harder than keeping them entertained with food nowadays so when you're running a virtual when you're doing a live broadcast all these different aspects that can be brought in that could be entertaining you know to keep them so you're spreading your word you're making sure they know your mission but we also want to provide you with a level of entertainment so you can enjoy this experience with us and then, yeah, we definitely want to pull on the heartstrings a bit to make sure we've got our ask in there at the same time. And it's the most important, but the most difficult part as well. Mm-hmm. And again, it's about utilizing what you have. So mm-hmm. is it utilizing that you're going to have to utilize technology in this virtual world that we've got? Is it even if you are going to go hybrid, you know, and then how are you going to plan both, plan both sides? And still don't, just because the donor's in the room, don't give them more attention than the viewers. Your side thinks are really difficult. But this is why we're seeing some really great ideas coming in. Yeah, there are some really inspiring ideas out there. I don't know how some people are coming up with these ideas because I know this technology particularly well. And they come to me and tell me what they're planning on doing. I'm like, oh, I did not think of that. Like, nice job. Nice job. Well, and to your point too, with, you know, attracting different age groups, you know, if you have a, only an in-person gala, right? Okay. So the parents go, they see the mission, but now if it's virtual, you know, their kids are sitting next to them. They're watching this, all this go on. And so the kids are indirectly starting to see this stuff. And statistically, you know, looking at a lot of donor, you know, data over the years. And I'd have to go back and see if it's still that same way, but men traditionally will donate and support organizations that their parents did. Women are a little bit more, show me the proof. Men are just, oh, I trust because my parents did it. And so if you can start to see an uptick in developing the relationships with the kids they're aware of different things that are going on there in their community. You said it earlier, you know, some of the awesome, it's horrible English. Some of the things I love the most about this is learning about organizations that I'm like, man, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. And it's really cool. You know, um, I reference all the time an organization. I don't re- recall the name because we didn't work with them because they you know, didn't put on an event, but it was an organization that all they do is support grandparents that are forced to become parents because they had to adopt their grandkids because something happened, whether, you know, the parents went to jail or passed away. And I'm like, how cool is that? Because these people thought that they were, it's time to retire. They didn't save maybe enough money to take care of kids again. They don't have the energy to take care of these kids again. And so they're put in a position that they're forced 
you know, obviously they love the kids, but it's like, when I hear about stuff like that, I'm like, man, I bet that's actually a decent sized cause because of the amount of times it happened. So yeah. And there's a similar cause. It was the same thing that happened to me that I didn't, didn't know it existed with the elderly and getting taken advantage of by younger people, like when they are in um, like retirement homes or anything like that, when it comes to money. So people trying to come into their lives, knowing that they're at the end and getting some sort of inheritance or stuff like that. And I'm like, and it happened to somebody I know, like a friend of a friend, whatever, one of those sorts of things. And they were looking for an organization to help with this. And I was like, I would, like, it's just, there's so many things that you don't even think about until you're getting affected by it. And it's so evil. Sorry. It's awful, isn't it? It's, yeah, it like makes me sick to think that people actually do that. And, but that there are organizations out there to help combat it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So we'll wrap up a little bit here in the next like five minutes. So I want you to have a chance to, if there's any other like piece of, knowledge, advice, anything that you want to give to organizations when they are planning events. I know we've talked already a lot about planning events in this time, but if there's anything else that you want to say to help them either with donor engagement, planning these events, what you're seeing people like in the events. um, So entertainment ideas, anything like that that you want to give. Yeah, because it's still forefront of my mind. I, I want, I still want to say, learn from each other. Like, look, Google, what other events are happening and how they did it, good and bad, like, because we're going to learn from both, because I have seen a wide spectrum of all different types. And what I did learn specifically from Acacia, which you referenced before, Steve, is I'm always telling people, do, don't go any longer than 45 minutes to, to the hour. You're going to lose your viewers, that you're not going to keep the engagement there. Um, and they ran over two hours and I was gripped the whole way through. And I'm not even a member of their, their school. I didn't know any of the teachers that, that were speaking or any of the children that were there. And they still had me gripped in the way they did it. It was, I would guess, um, 75% recorded. They had a couple of the students playing, so maybe two bouts of entertainment. A lot of it was pre-recorded videos from within the school, a lot of the the younger children. Um, Something really interesting that they did as well, they were doing a countdown to the start of the event. I think they did it from 50, but each child came forward with a little board. And maybe that took a little bit longer to go through 50. Well, it must have been 60, wasn't it? Because that's a minute, however long it was. that many children were standing in line. So I suppose as a parent, you're waiting to see your child. So that keeps everyone yeah, engaged. Including at the end as well. But they did have a particularly charismatic head teacher who is obviously quite a comedian as well. And they also use, this is a new one to me, a lot of poetry throughout, but comical poetry that they'd obviously written that, that made sense to them and to their association through, throughout. It was honestly highly entertaining. And again, when I say for every audience, I am not their target market. You know, I am not at all. I don't have a child at, at their school. And I was still inspired by what that academy also offers. And again, whether it was raising awareness for a financial donation, 
I'm already retelling the story. Someone will ask me and I remember exactly who it was. So if anyone's based in Kokomo, Indiana, and they're looking for an academy for their child, I know to tell them, tell them where to go. No, they did a great job. And again, they were exception to the rule. That would not have been what I would have suggested. So learn, learn from successes. Yeah. And I think like pulling from that too, we've talked a lot about like pulling heartstrings and how that gets attention and you know, the, whether it's sad stories, success stories, but I think that shows a lot and like, you can lighten things up though, too. Like you can pull some comedy in it. Like you're allowed to do both even within one event. Like it's, it does not have to be all heavy. It does not have to be all fun and entertaining. Like you can pull yes, both. Really good point. Really good point. Can also be quite real as well. One of the, I would say it was the highlight of the event, but very comical moment was we had three of the lady teachers. They did a competition that you would basically wrapping themselves up in serene wrap or toilet roll. <laughs> it was a very silly game and they were having people do it at home and then post a picture on Facebook and then they announced a winner. But it, it wasn't the competition itself, even though it's quite a good idea. We've seen that done before. It was the fact that these three ladies wrapped themselves up so, so tightly and so badly, they couldn't move off the stage. So just <laughs> to see these three ladies sort of waddling around on a live camera and someone had to come and help them off the stage. Funny. People like, like that. Yeah, people like yes. vulnerability. My wife would be cracking up at stuff like that. Because <laughs> mm, it was real. That yeah. definitely wasn't meant to happen. Yeah. So you're yeah. allowed, I think that's a good piece of advice too. You're allowed to mess up. Like yeah. it, it yeah. does not have to be picture perfect all the time. And I'm preaching to myself that every day, honestly, like every email, every whatever that's getting to something else does not have to be perfect. And people enjoy because they're not perfect either. They enjoy right. that relatability exactly right we're all we're all human um we all want to promote the same cause we're all here to have a good time and help yeah yeah awesome well i mean that's really all the questions i had i don't know steve if you had anything else you wanted to add no just thank you for taking time and uh sharing a little success that's going on good stories and you know if uh i know uh, a lot of people who listen to this are nonprofits. So is there any, how, if somebody did want to reach out, you know, let them know where they can find you, get a hold of you. Yeah, no problem at all. So if you want to go to the website, we are, we do charity auctions.com. Um, as my friend pleasantly laughed at yesterday, my face does pop up in the bottom right corner. So you can write me a little direct <laughs> message there. <laughs> or you can email me at Lauren B, that's L-A-U-R-E-N-B at We Do Charity Auctions. And I'll be happy to talk further. Yeah. And that will be in all the descriptions wherever you're seeing this. But yeah, we'll, we'll make those links easy to find. Thank you again. Yeah, this was a great conversation, Lauren. We appreciate it as always. And um, yeah, have a great, it's Friday for us right now. So have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye.